Sometimes your worst self is your best self. My strong suspicion is we get the world we deserve. This isn't me doing this. This isn't me. This girl's gone missing. Nobody cares. The interior's poisoned and suddenly worth billions. Nobody cares. This is The Script, official podcast of the NYC Screenwriters Collective. I'm David Negrin, and my screenwriters tonight are Logan Kane and Jordan Rosengarten. Tonight, we take on the pilot, season two of True Detective, the anthology series on HBO. Artists are Nick Pizzolatto, the original screenwriter from the first season takes on the second season. Uh, in between season one and two, Pizzolatto had time uh, to pen the remake for The Magnificent Seven to be directed by Anton Fuqua. Season two is directed by Justin Lin of Fast and Furious fame. <laughs> uh, no longer Carrie Fukunaga. Fukunaga went on to do a passion project called Beasts of No Nation. Maybe we can talk a little bit about how the visuals and the directing may have changed, but it's the same writer, Pizzolatto, season two anthology series. It's a, it's an anthology, so the pilot has to reestablish a story. It's like we get a new pilot episode, and so for screenwriters studying how to write a pilot episode, the first episode of season two for this series is just as good. It's like a brand new pilot. Um, Want to go around? Quick opening thoughts. True Detective, episode one, the Western Book of the Dead. Logan, what did you think? Um, well, I guess going into it with pretty high expectations just because of the massive success of season one and, and just how awesome it was with McConaughey and, and Woody and how much um, they really worked together. Seeing kind of this new group of famous actors and and you can't help new stars you yeah. know it's that's you it's a risk when you put stars in because they don't necessarily disappear into the parts and that was part of the reason mcconaughey did such an incredible job is that he disappeared into this part yeah absolutely and um i guess what kind of fell flat for me was that they tried to do something different by doing all the intros just for the first episode and just kind of leaving that uh, murder mystery kind of on the sidelines until the very end basically they yeah i'm glad you brought it up right away one of the variations on this pilot is they broke a film noir rule which is you open with the murder and essentially i think that i agree i i, I really love this episode okay i liked so much about true detective but since we're jumping in not opening with the murder stringing it out using the episode sort of to introduce us to the characters doesn't pull us in the way we want to be pulled in and it's breaking like one of the rules of film noir so. um yeah no it's it's interesting because i i had mixed feelings like halfway through it i was like what is going on here it, it has it, in a way it had a very different feeling for me than the original the pilot for the first um the first episode of the first season because of a lot of what you're saying where they started with the murder you're introduced to, to matthew mcconaughey there's also two characters, right? I mean, we had two main characters. Here we have, you know, an ensemble. Um, we have yes, three. Yes. Uh, I'm sorry, four main characters really that we're introduced to. So, because we're establishing all these people, um, I could understand why, uh, you know, a lot of other people might have been either confused or uh, not being able to keep up because it is a lot to take in. We're learning a lot really quickly. Look, I mean, it's television. I don't care that it's HBO. We have. In the original series, uh, original season, we, we're going to be doing that all night. We're going to be calling it another series, another season. But with season one, you've got two main characters and a mystery. Okay, that's 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 great. That's that's it. We've got three plots to follow. And in season two, you got three cops. You've got one pseudo bad guy. That's that's four plots. All of a sudden, you know. Does it dilute? Does it dilute our attention? What do you think, Logan? Um, yeah, I would say that's a good way to put it. It's 
I mean, you come into it, you kind of want that whole brooding vibe of like the who done it, and you don't quite get that really because they're so focused on the character development, which I imagine they're going to do that probably a lot more going ahead with the season. Certainly, and this series is has been lauded because it's a, a, a cop show with great character development. I mean, the original season didn't have that much procedural to it. I remember thinking, I can't believe this is a police procedural at all. There's there's uh, one, one clue, one suspect, one interview per episode. Whereas, you know, Law & Order CSI, you've got five or six suspects an episode, a, a new clue every two minutes. But now I think they may have gone too far because we were waiting. I, I was waiting the whole episode for the mystery to begin where's the mystery i mean i love that we start to get into these characters and we can talk about how these characters stack up to the season one characters and if they stand on their own um but you know for me it's still it's still a story and we need stakes and when you when you opened the original uh season with that dead girl in this really scary uh, yeah, that was murder, totally Blair Witch. Murder. Like, yeah, like, or, or yeah, yeah. there's some mythology there. It's psycho. There's, uh, there's, there's a dead girl who's. It's a some kind of sexual kind of murder. The cops in Louisiana are obviously overmatched. The only one who can do anything about it is this guy, Super Cop Russ Cole. All of a sudden, in the the teaser, the first two minutes. The stakes are high, and I want, and I'm in. And then the character development begins, and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is amazing!" Yeah, and not Slowly to mention, like, as they as they proceed, they also kind of had a cool thing where they jumped ahead to the future, and you see how much the characters have changed already. So mm, it's got this right. huge gap. That's kind of like, how did they get there? And that's something that they played yeah. off really well. And that that was one of the original concepts in, in Nick Pizzolatto's. Uh, uh, series Bible for True Detective, which is available on the web and on our website at NYC Screenwriters, that the dual timeline was part of the series engine for this show. It appears, we don't know, but it appears they've abandoned the dual timeline idea for this story. Yeah, it, it looks like um, they're they're not they're not going with that. And everything here seems re- like extremely different from se- from well season series one. Um, which I like, you know, and, and at first I was a little bit upset by that because I, I kind of wanted the same thing but different from season one, a new murder where it yeah, opened. Yeah, yeah. But, 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 but I, think, I think they're aware of that. I think, I think the creators and the talent behind this are like, listen, if we do exactly what we did in season one, that's easy, and that's, I'm sure people would love it. Uh, but I think there's an opportunity to tell a new story with new characters and I kind of like the fact that there's this ensemble. It's not just another two guys and either two cops. Um, I like the idea of, of splitting it into three cops. And then also, we, you know, we never... The, the, the antagonist in season one is not someone we got to know because it was a classic mystery where we don't right. know who the killer is. And in season two, we, we don't know who the killer is either. There's some guy driving uh, the city manager in, in the car uh, with a, uh, uh, a, a black eagle head next to him and do you remember that yeah yeah, i mean this is what we love from true detective is all this imagery um we it it also appears we're not getting as much of that mythology that we got any of that 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 ritualized uh, mysticism that scary stuff but you know that one eagle head was like oh scary and the guy's eyes are 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 popped out at the end so that's what we're looking for in, in terms of same but different yeah we want another case we're even good with new detectives but we want right. that same tone we want that same depth uh is on record saying i'm not doing any references or homages to the first season and i think he was being a little defensive when he went on records saying that because you know he has a lot he had a, some of the plagiarism concerns right 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 the yellow king mythology last time <clears throat> but i don't think he's right at all because visually tonally uh musically this show did deliver uh homages to the last season did you guys like that stuff 
it's it's interesting you say that because I had I don't I, I feel that way to a certain degree, but I did feel like the the color palette was a little bit different this season. Like yeah, it, they changed the color palette, but they still kept it highly stylized. What would you how would you describe the color palette? I, it just seems that they're you know whereas in the first series it was more grays and it was like you know there's just darkness and you know one of the first establishing shots is like um, it's L A and it's broad daylight and you know colorful it, it, mm-hmm. it didn't well you know True Detective took a lot of time in the in the in the in the the season one took a lot of time in. Louisiana daytimes and, right. and, and okay. fields and stuff like that. But, but here, but here we're not in like you know a small town, a small. This is more, yeah. and we're not dealing with some hidden character. This is more, I feel, about organized crime. From what I'm getting from this first episode, it has a feel of organized crime, yeah, especially when we're introduced is... to you know Vince Vaughn's character. So it's very different in that in that in that. Uh... Yeah, yeah, I, I would describe the first season of True Detective as Southern Gothic. Yep. And this is more classic film noir. This yep. is a lot like Chinatown, down to the 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 railroad scam. You know, Chinatown yeah, had, yeah, a, had, totally. a, had you know the water company, and we've got a railroad thing going on here. So, which is great. This is what we buy in for. This is what we sign up for with True right. Detective. Um, I liked you know some of the. Let's do like because we already started in on the anthology comparisons. Yeah. What did you think of the new song and the new trailer up front? Because that's uh, yeah. that sets the tone. Yeah, it was it was cool. I think it works with uh, the episode. I guess on on hindsight, um, I still after going back to watch the first pilot from from season one or series one, I liked that one better. This one was, I don't know, too on the nose maybe for me. I there, don't know. There, there's a lot of that I think in this pilot. What what did you notice looking at the original pilot? You went back and watched it. Um, yeah, I went back and watched actually the first two episodes um, last night just to like get a better comparison on how they really changed it. Um, and I guess I, I see what... What's, sorry. What's the best good thing and the best bad thing that you in the difference? Best good thing... I guess I, just, I liked that they didn't try to repeat themselves. I think it's good to, to go in a new direction and to see where that takes the show. Um, I think it will get better from from after this first episode, but I yeah. yeah really just I was expecting that that really powerful hook of the murder mystery, and just didn't didn't feel like I got it really. Yeah, I mean I wrote in my notes I was like stakes, stakes, stakes. You know I don't feel enough stakes in any of the stories until the end where the case comes together. Now I I love the ending. Right, yep. where they all three of them show up together and they're eyeing them, and they have that insane helicopter shot yeah. out. I mean, that's beautifully done. But, but was that you know a screenwriter trick to tr- say I'm going to do something different? I'm going I'm to do the the murder at the end just so I can have that shot. I mean, because we we like all three of us agreed. We you know we were waiting for the mystery to start for an hour. While we got to know the characters, we we could have both. We could have both, which is what we had in season one: kick off the mystery, then get to know the characters, and then kick off the series at the end with a cliffhanger. Right, which is maybe why a lot of people were felt that it was a little bit boring the first episode because you have that expectation, like, all right, now the murder is yeah. going to happen, now I, it's going to happen, and I don't care what other people think. I think I, in general, I, people no, want to tear down, you know, a super successful show no matter what. They're always no, going to say, oh, it's not you, as good as the first one. I want to get, I'm, I'm analytical. I want to talk about the differences. From a a writer's perspective, so so I want to break down why they felt that though, because sometimes what a general audience feels is due to something, and I think in this case it is due to the fact that we we pointed it out. It's not like series one; it's different. You know, I think especially, and this is a very strange concept. I think for a lot of Americans who are used to like, I think I I would not put it past people to be to have been shocked that you know Matthew McConaughey and um, um, Woody Harrelson were not like coming back for. Season two. Oh was, yeah, that's you know, true. You know what? That's right. We're 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 filmmakers, so we know about right. that anthology series. I don't think people are. I, I don't know that so many people are like knowledgeable right. about they how anthology they works. They've been waiting the whole episode for for McConaughey to show up. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like, who the hell are these people? When is the yeah. two leads coming back? You know. Uh-huh. 
I, I, you know, so n- not only did they have to watch these other characters be developed, but they couldn't, they didn't see their favorite characters come back, which, you know, they might not, you know, because not everybody's paying yeah. attention. Not everybody yeah. is as in tune as we are. So I would yeah. love to see Rust show up in the middle of this. I know, I know. Because, you know, Ray, <laughs> Ray's a great character. Yeah. All right. Colin yeah. Farrell does do the thing in this, this performance where he disappears into a new character. We don't see the Colin Farrell you're used to. This guy, Ray Velcoro, he's a piece of work. And definitely, the I think, the best part is of uh, the new True Detective, right? Yep. He's a police detective, used to work in L.A. County, um, but then uh, he, he eventually becomes a detective in this, this small town, Vinci. Um, isn't Vinci Latin for conquering or conquered or something like but that. he you know we get this backstory of him actually that's one of the early visual homages is ray at a table being interviewed right oh that's right yeah that yeah yeah a, which a, definitely a, felt attorney familiar it definitely felt like you know th- that shot of him just sitting there right it was very much like rust you know just like when you first see it when you first open yeah. on rust and he has the long hair and you know and we get some exposition there about the fact that his wife had been raped, and then like nine months later, a child was born. A ginger child. It's probably not him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a redheaded stepchild. That <laughs> uh, who is uh, a little bit tubby. Yeah, and it's what's, and um, I mean, did you guys? That to me, that was one of them. You know, that that that's the first mystery we're, we're yeah. introduced to. So that's right. the one I'm thinking about the whole episode. Yeah. I'm thinking about that the whole episode. I'm like, okay, who's who? Was it the rapist kid or not? Right? They show a picture of of uh, the crackhead guy. Frank seems Frank shows him a picture of the crackhead who they apparently killed, and that guy's not a redhead. And then Frank, he he's dating um, a redhead, right? He's dating. Uh, oh, that's true. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right, you're right. Yeah, he's dating Jordan, right? Who's his business partner slash spouse? She's the brains of the operations. Yes. And I'm like, is that the, is that the wife? Like, I don't know. Like, because what did Frank have to do with murdering? Why Why does he care about he? Our introduction to him is great, actually, because he seems like a complicated bad guy. He's got a code. He said, "This is not right. What happened to your woman?" Um, he speaks very regally. I think right. Vince Vaughn does a decent job with this stylized language. Yeah, I want to see where it goes because at first I, I, I expected a little bit better from Vince Vaughn, and I, a lot of people were, you know, he's used to doing comedy roles and things like that. But I, one of his first roles I saw him in was the Psycho remake, which is a horrible movie. But his performance in that movie, being dark, was actually it was fantastic. I thought. So I know he can play darker roles, but yeah. I wasn't with the accent he was putting on. It felt a little forced. To me, but having said that, it might just take some time to get used to. But I think yeah. he did an okay job. Yeah, I think if once we see a little bit more of that, like anger, a little bit more of like a dynamic range for Vince Vaughn. This one, he was pretty yeah. much just kind of like, kind of just sad in a way the whole time. It's, yeah. It just seemed he, like he, that. they showed him smart. You know, he was in that film, Return to Paradise. You see that one where uh, he and Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, they're in Singapore and they do some drugs together, and then Joaquin gets put in jail, and he's he's uh, he plays a, like this nobody limousine driver who has to choose whether to go back and do time. Uh, you guys never seen Return to Paradise? That no. was one of that was one of his first roles as in dramatic uh, work, and he did very well. Huh. Was that after Swinger? When did that come out? It's after Swingers. And yeah. was that pre Joaquin bearded and rapping? Yeah, yeah, before Joaquin. Um, actually had a higher profile but but so i think vince vaughn can do the dramatic he does a fine job here but he's walking an interesting line because this character is very dynamic he has this code right he has that thing where he maybe he killed a, a a rapist who deserved it and then he eventually becomes friends with ray right like they're at the end they're talking about uh, you know, did you get that lawyer I hooked you up with? Yeah. And then, and then Frank's telling him, "Oh yeah, we're gonna try to have a kid. You know, we're gonna do IVF like they're buddies. You know, right. like they've been buddies for since uh, the redhead kid was born. So that's like ten years probably, right? Right. So yeah. is this guy a bad guy? 
Yes, and then and then of course Frank uh, asks Ray to do the that job for him. He kills. Does he kill a reporter? What does he do there? I think he brutalizes him. Yeah. But, yeah, because he says in the in the conversation, oh, he won't be writing, you know, the the paper anymore. He, you know, he's dropping the the expose. Um, yeah. What do you think of that plot? Eh, I mean, they make it seem like it's it's kind of related to some some kind of criminal underground through Vince Vaughn in the casino, but. The way that the other guy said, like, oh, we're not going to get touched, it seemed like it pretty much died when the other guy got beat up. So I That don't... was a good line, though, when Jordan's like, everybody gets touched. <laughs> yeah. There was some great dialogue in here. We did have some great lines from Pizzolatto in this. Um, and yeah, it's, of... yeah, I'm ahead. sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you know, and it's what's interesting is that, I mean, you know, Vince Vaughn is a definitely a bad guy, but the question is, is he the bad guy? You know, is he... Is he the guy that we're following? You know, because a lot of things are still really unclear. Like we, we, yes, you know, it's it really leaves you on a cliffhanger. You have no idea, uh, you know, what's gonna follow and who's involved with this murder, and you know, so that's the real question. It would be interesting if that was the case. It would kind of take the mystery out of everything, um, but it just seems that everything that's been done in this it opening won't take the mystery out. They just need to set us on the path of the mystery, and that that's yeah. the problem. Is it's very ambiguous about what mystery is it. Right. You know, right. We, we, we start following the personal mysteries of these characters, right? We right. start following uh, Rachel McAdams' uh, mystery of her family, and that's fairly low stakes. We start following Taylor, Taylor, Kitsch. Taylor Kitsch's mystery. What's his deal with his PTSD? What's the deal with his anger? Why does he like the bike? I like the bike. Right, he's right. got some, some of those scars on his the body. Road suits yeah, me. the yeah, scars. Yeah. I think. So, in in yeah. place of that mystery, we start attaching to these other things, these other pieces of character development that we're trying to figure out, which is great. I mean, we're wondering about them, but we are wondering how, what's going on with the main mystery the whole time. Yep. And, and frankly, having a dead guy at the end with no eyes is not as powerful as the opening of an episode with a serial killer propping, a, you know, a, a, a woman up in some kind of ritualized murder in a small town, Louisiana. Just the stakes just didn't feel and high enough. It also made you really sympathize for the Matthew McConaughey character, Rust, because he immediately shows that he's like the most intelligent detective to ever live, basically. Absolutely. He's incredible. He's a super cop, and nobody else in the town needs him. And it shows that, you know, Woody, that Marty was great um, because he recognized Rust was good, and, and he wasn't too arrogant to say, you know, he's, you know, he doesn't do things like the rest of us do. So, our introduction as a cop to Rachel McAdams is she does a bust, and it's like a total screw-up, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a screw-up, but it, see, I what I got from that, right, is that because her, her sister was there. Yeah, I think yeah. she did it intentionally, set yeah, up the whole yeah. thing. It, it was, it was inten- I think it was intentional to... to kind of get her sister like that's the that's the intent. i thought like, she was surprised i thought she was surprised no, no she has I, a line she says like this yeah. operation i just ran was based on a rumor i heard and it was uh, uh interesting yeah that's what i got out of it yeah that's, so you think she just she did a whole yeah. raid but they were but she had her gun out she was trying to be hard-boiled detective she they went in there and they and she asks them you know who's from the United States she thought she was busting a sex trafficking thing turns out to be a guy who just runs a low you know low budget porn site i mean but, but that would and be there was then... nothing wrong with it and then she gets all i mean and this goes to the i mean i don't know it just didn't compared to the super cop of rust right we we we're not so sure that that aunt annie or whatever is like such a great cop yeah I, right yeah. and what do we know about ray do we know if ray's a good cop 
I don't know. Doesn't do, seem we, like it. What do we know about for, uh, about uh, a Paul? We don't know if Paul is a good cop either. Right. We don't have any like heroes. All we have is a bunch of screwed up people, which is interesting. Which I like. <laughs> which we like. <laughs> yeah. But it's definitely don't... something new. That that's and that's kind of again but why if, I like that. Because... But if you put if if you put the series engine for True Detective down, you would say that it's uh, a bunch of great. It's just, it's it's about the relationship between cops and their personal lives. Yeah. While solving like an epic mystery. And these guys don't seem like they're solving shit. Right, right. Well, yeah, that's that's the thing. Like <laughs> Taylor Kitsch just stumbled onto this guy. Yeah, right. yeah. We didn't we didn't like establish that they might be fucked up, but they know how to do something well. Like they'll have a they have a skill or a quality that will be essential for them to solve this mystery. All we have is a bunch of fuck ups that are like, all right, you guys yeah. are assigned to this. What I saw, uh, like, what is Ray's Paul's... a drinker, Annie's a drinker. Right. Taylor Kitsch, Paul. He's got issues, you yeah. know. I mean, he's mentally unstable. Like, Definitely. what? What was his like? You know, superpower as a character was he declined the temptress in the car. Like, he said no to a uh-huh. blowjob. That was like his redeeming quality. Right, and then we and find then, out that later that he's probably got PTSD and he's impotent anyway. So, yeah, I, I read something online that said that that, that was that was why some of the uh, the cops. Uh, laugh at him when when he gets suspended for that they're like hey tell me it isn't so you know because they they might know his personal problems uh, and he's got that you know that super sexy girlfriend who and and they make a point of it, it of him like saying i mean that's his big flaw is his his uh is whatever he's dealing with is making him impotent and it's a sexual theme which goes back to also Annie's sexual theme because she seems to have she opens we we're introduced to her in a sexual situation where um, her inhibitions her sexual inhibitions are like being talked about with some guy she's yeah. with yeah and then she's all self righteous about her sister doing porn and it's not even that bad her she's her, her sister's on she's not she's not even. She's like on a video. Yeah, it's like pretty Diet Coke in the grand scheme of things, you know? Yeah. So I actually that's interesting to me that Annie has some kind of interesting um, sexual predilections that we don't know about, whether she's got Catholic guilt or she had a bad marriage. We don't know what's going on with her, but right. but there's a sexual theme there. There's definitely a sexual theme with uh, oh, Casper. Paul and oh, I don't know what's up with Casper. The well, city manager? No, he's got that house full of all the dildos oh, and sex paintings. Yes, and the paintings, right? So, good call. Good and call, I right? think that's going to tie into the missing Hispanic girl that was okay. working at the religious institute. Somehow, those are connected. I would say, or it leads to something that leads to mm-hmm. something like. Yeah. Okay, I like that. And interesting to see if that has any effect on the father of Annie's character. Yeah, yeah. Cause who is fascinating? Yeah, who is uh, you know this this uh, this guy? More, you know, I I thought I thought that scene where he like did the psychoanalysis of her was the worst <laughs> kind of exposition yeah. I've ever seen. Was, I yeah. hated that scene. That was, it was like they were telling us you're hard boiled because your mother walked you know killed herself and and I don't and you're angry at me and I was just like you gotta be <laughs> shitting me here. Yeah and. <laughs> He's like, why don't you help your your daughter? She walks away. He's like, I think I just did. I so. tried to. That was good. That was like one decent line. Yeah. So um, let's 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 see. Let's see. Let's see. What? Let's just let's talk about the best scene in the episode, right? Oh yeah. Ray versus the bully. Oh, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> Five that, of the century. Yep. That was tremendous. Cause cause that's not what you thought was gonna happen, right? Well, I was curious when he put on the brass knuckles if he was gonna pop the kid in the face. Yeah, I'm like, that, like if he did that, I'm like, all right, I'm on board with the show. Well, I, I, I knew he was gonna go off on the kid direct. But, yeah. You know that was fantastic when he puts on the brass knuckles. You're like, oh man, this guy. I mean, he's been drinking a bit, and this guy is somewhere between. Uh, McConaughey's character and Woody's character. He, he's his own thing. I love it. And then he he beats the hell out of the father in front of the son to show him what it's like to feel bullied. 
Instead of yeah. bullying him directly, saying, no, I'm going to bully your father. So now you know what it's like when someone you love is bullied. I, I thought it was ironic how they they have him say this line that is so immature to the kid. He's like, like bullying kids, ass, pen. Like that's something, you know, a 12-year-old <laughs> would say. Right, exactly. Right. And then. Yeah, he got yeah. into the bullying mode. I think it I think it was like there's that it reminded me of Woody in the first season when he finds the guys he jails the guys who took advantage of his daughter and he asks them to come out of the cell one oh, at a time yeah. no. and he says a man's game charges a man's price. Yeah. I was like this this is the stuff <laughs> of true detective that we love which is you know the real world, and, and, and this is the stuff of film noir and of yep. pulp novels, that the real world is not a happy place and right. that the survivors in the real world are the ones who can do the dirty job and still have some kind of code, still 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 try to be making a difference at the end of the day. Yep. I was actually hoping that... Uh when he went to that kid's house, it was the wrong house, and he realized that after he beat the father up. <laughs> you know? Some comedy. Oh, that, not yeah. a lot of comedy in uh, in True Detective. No, no. See, they it's were, not lighthearted. They're missing the comic relief, though, that Woody brought to season one. Like, that wasn't really anywhere in this pilot. Like, Woody was I think you make a great funny. point. I think you make a great point, because Woody... Every time McConaughey would say something like dark, he'd be like, "Would you shut up with that <laughs> shit?" He's like, "I don't want to hear it anymore." Right. So yeah, they had they had a great uh, duality. We haven't seen any of our main characters interact because they, again they saved it for for the act out of the pilot. So right. maybe there'll be some more interesting stuff. I like how they're like uh, they're wait they're waiting for Ray. They're like, well, "Who are we waiting on?" <laughs> yeah. And he's got to be reeking of scotch when he shows up. Oh yeah, but he, she's drunk too. Oh, yeah, What's his sad. name? Just got off, got off his bike. <laughs> yeah, I mean that that the is, highway that, suits him. So, <laughs> I can't get over that. That that scene made the episode worth watching to me. Like that end yeah. scene, where, you know, where you see all of them just standing there. And they do that. They do that like panning shot, and then it pulls out. Oh, I mean, beautifully done, because yeah. that's I think that's where we start really. But now we have this knowledge of where they're coming from to some degree mm -hmm. so we can go on this journey with them the only thing that i feel like it was missing was like all right well why why are we following these guys what what qualities are they bringing to this you know to this uh case um i guess we'll figure that in the following episodes but my question to i guess to you david and to you logan um because i don't know does that break any kind of rules of a pilot because usually the first the, the first episode of a pilot you establish that your your uh, protagonist or protagonists have some you you not only uh, you not only <clears throat> you not only um, establish them, but you establish their skills and their qualities and what they're bringing to whatever journey they're going on, or what they're lacking and what they might get on the way. Here we don't have that, and I feel like that's what's missing from this episode. Absolutely. Um, I, actually, I wanted to transition to our NYC Screenwriters Collective original pilot checklist, and one of those on the checklist is introduce your core cast, flaws and gifts, right? So definitely got the flaws there. Yeah, <laughs> each of them have some. It's gonna flaws. be a little uneven. Yeah. Well, we like Ray's flaws. We're not so sure what Annie's flaws are, and or uh, I don't I don't know that. Or Frank. What's that? Like Frank doesn't have. It doesn't seem like he has a very strong character flaw. He just can't seem to get his wife pregnant, and <laughs> right, like, right, right, right. And that's uh, yeah. He 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 he's interesting. He's obviously used to be like a blue-collar crime guy. Now he's a white-collar crime guy. He's trying to move up in the world, make some money, do some bad deals. It's almost like a fish out of water for that respect mm -hmm. as well. We, his gifts are obvious. He, he's, he's a smooth talker. Uh, he speaks really very regally. I love that. Like We're getting sort of the Don Corleone vibe from him. Mm -hmm. uh, heavyweights, the crown kind of stuff, the departed, right? But... You know, I'm not sure what Annie's good at. She at carries all. a lot of weapons. She's got a knife. Yeah. And apparently she can throw it at a board, but we didn't see we didn't get to see her exercise it. You know, 
Right. A yeah. pilot would be a great place for her to go off on somebody. Like when she got thrown out of that bar, would have been a great opportunity for her to like beat the crap out of a bouncer <laughs> or something. Yeah. And then we'd be like, now I like this. That chick. would have been actually right, right, right. beat the crap out of an innocent bouncer who was just doing his job. That would have been, <laughs> you know, put a knife to him or something. That would have been cool. Yeah, totally. Yeah, we we don't you don't get any of that with with her. I mean, at least we saw um, at least we see Ray beat the shit out of some guy, some random you know, some father of a of a. That was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. We, we, so, so we established we, that he's a badass. He's uh, tough. He's a tough dude. He's yeah, and, and he's brass in knuckles to too. That's that's yeah. dirty. That's fighting yeah, super dirty. dirty. Yeah, that might come in handy later. But like that's the that's the only thing I can really file in my head and say, okay, that yeah. that that's a skill, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> And their flaws are like emotional. Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. No, um, I had a. But 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 Ray has a good excuse. You know the the rape of his wife. Yeah. He lost his life. I guess he's not with the wife anymore. He's 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 fighting for custody of the kid. Um. So actually, that means that Frank's wife can't be the kid because Frank gives him the lawyer and their buddies. Ah. Uh, yeah. And so. also, I thought that it was the father-in-law who was with the son at the shoes scene, which I also thought was an amazing scene, by the yes, way. Yes. When he's got his okay. son and he's just like, what happened to your shoes? Like, uh, I mean, Colin Farrell is really killing this character. He, yeah. I, I haven't seen him do this in a while. Um, yeah. But, so, yeah. if we step, let's step through the checklist. Um, right. Checklist for original pilot. The first one is a strong thematic opening. That introduces our lead characters. Did we have that? Let's see. Do you guys remember the opening image in the opening? Um, it was the opening image was all those sticks in the field. I'm not sure what those were. Nobody. I don't know what the hell those were. There was there yeah. was there was a frame of a sign that they cut away from that said contaminated. And it's like they didn't want us to know, but I like paused the frame because. You open with this image, and then it doesn't, for the rest of the episode, it's not talked about. Right. And what are those things? I don't know what they are. Were they... Uh, something with pink tape or oils? some kind of... Were they, were they samples of, or of, were they, were they samples of dirt or something? It was a valley. You know, we know there's some railroad thing going on some deal i don't know but that that was just confusing and then then we cut right to ray and his redheaded son right which is an interesting character building moment but that it compared to the opening of the ritualistic murder in season one and we get to meet rust cole and his his big you know, the tax pad of paper, and they call him the the tax man, right? Yeah, I mean that's a strong thematic opening. What's the theme? You know, there. You know, the theme of season one was bad. Badness has come to the south, and right. there's only one person who can who can save it. I'm not sure. I'm not sure uh, what the thematic opening was for this episode. So I don't think they did as good a job. You could argue a case for the whole sexuality thing just because of the impotence, the inability to to um, get his wife pregnant with Vince Vaughn's character. But that's not... And the, and the illegitimate child. I guess it's not an illegitimate not, child. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a child of rape. So I'm not yeah, sure yeah. where they're going with that, but it could be, you know... A major part of this season is something to do with sexuality, especially since... Which is a theme yeah. from the first uh, season, too. Remember, Marty has that thing where he's protecting girls all the time, and mm -hmm. he's protecting his daughters. Meanwhile, he's taking advantage of women. He's cheating on his wife. Oh, uh, yeah. You know, that, that, that paradox. We did introduce your core cast, uh, Flaws and Gifts. They, do, they, do, they spend the whole episode introducing the cast. Uh, exactly. Um, introduce the world, setting, era, rules of the universe. What's our world here? We got Los Angeles, present day. Um, yeah, is, is it present day? I I was, I mean, I, I don't know if they if it was like the '90s or maybe like the '80s Good or anything. Call. Does, oh. se season one, season one didn't take place present day. Even even the later timeline right this one i think does because um what's his name taylor kitsch he uses his smartphone to illuminate oh, the does. wallet 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so. Okay, okay, cool, good call. But okay. remember, the, the the dual timelines in season one, the later timeline wasn't even present, was it? Or were there three timelines? Was Because I seem to remember there was like a 90s one, and then there was a 2005 one, and then I think by the end of the season, they teamed up in the modern, their current day. Yeah, what I'm recalling offhand is that there were three t- timelines. Yeah, there were three, yeah. So it's modern. We're doing Los Angeles. There's a small town called Vinci. Uh, and then they all work. There is kind of a great line at the end where they all say the acronyms of the place that they're from. He's like VPD for Vinci PD, and she's like, and he's like California Highway Patrol. They're all from different areas, but they've got the same murder. We're gonna have to have. I I foresee, and maybe we can get into this for the last uh, for for the end of the podcast. But what do we foresee? in you know the upcoming episode um i mean because they're they're gonna have to do something to keep these three cops together how do you tie three cops to a case especially if they're not partners there's gonna be a little like fighting for who's on top of that hierarchy or who even belongs there in the first place yeah which which will could be a lot of fun i mean that that's something i'm looking forward to actually uh and, and I think that's why, I mean, listen, even though I think I liked this first episode, but I definitely think, you know, it wasn't the most exciting episode of True Detective we've seen, you know. It wasn't as exciting <laughs> as the, the seven-minute nonstop McConaughey uh, <laughs> episode from season one. The drug the drug bust thing. Oh, oh, oh my man. God, yeah. That is insane. I mean, listen, if, if an episode like that follows this episode, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm on board 100%. Actually, like, now that we're thinking about it, because we did the Mad Max podcast, that episode from True Detective was almost a precursor to the, 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 the new Mad Max reboot, which was just like adrenaline for yeah. for two hours straight. I love that. I, th- I mean, that's that's the thing that True Detective first season did so well was it experimented all over the place. Who who knew that was coming in the middle right. of a, a yeah. plotting, very uh, deliberate show? All of a sudden, a great action sequence like that. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean that was that was fantastic. It was like just such a shot. And I mean, the, the, I think everybody was already with that show, but when you get to that episode, <laughs> yeah, and but, it's just but, like. Boom, boom, boom. And this is one of the benefits. Uh, when you had Fukunaga doing the entire, directing the entire series, he could say, all right, you know, I want to I do some director candy for this episode. Whoa. I got a great idea here. But I think, um, I'm pretty sure that there's multiple directors on season two. Justin Lin, I think, is only doing a couple of episodes. Oh, I was going to say, if Justin Lin was on for, like, a majority of them, you would think with his Fast and the Furious resume, it's going to be some, like, kind of crazy action sequences in there somewhere. Yeah. You make a good point, but nah, he's got two episodes of True Detective. One and two. That's all that's on IMDb. But you know what? Episode three isn't on there either, so who knows. But one of the ways that True Detective succeeded was one director, one writer, one cinematographer. Felt unified. Yeah, right. Definitely. A unified vision. That's what TV could bring us that the Hollywood feature film script development system has been screwing up for years. Fractured visions, several writers, multiple directors, fire the director, get a new one, fire the editor, get a new one, do a new cut. Fire the writing the, team, get a new fire one. Fire the writing team, yeah, yep. exactly. Right. So that's what, that's what TV, ha- the best TV has to offer is, is what we got out of True Detective season one. We're looking for the same thing here. Back to uh, the original pilot checklist. Introduce the series engine. Uh, barely. We have some foreknowledge of the series engine for the show, so that helps us. But if we yeah. hadn't seen the first season of the show, it would, we wouldn't. Yeah. We wouldn't. We'd be wondering about this cop thing. Like, where? where when are we going to get a clue? When are we going to get a body? Right. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's normally proper to include a lot of those things on the checklist right in your teaser and first act and i felt like the whole episode was basically just a teaser and right. act one like now you make a good point uh, a slow that, teaser i mean does this harken to some of this new trend and i've been ta- i talked about it on the sense 8 podcast these netflix shows the pilots for these s- streaming studios yeah are a lot less 
dense in terms of getting the pilot checklist and getting us sucked into the series and getting us to know everything compared to old to to the network pilots the network pilots they live and die by the ratings of the first episode and so you've got to get all these this stuff in you've got to hook us with a series engine a season objective great characters open with a you know a strong teaser close with a cliffhanger you've got to do all that but then you know the streaming shows they know that they're getting a whole season the the filmmakers the artists know they're getting a whole season no matter what and uh, Pizzolatto at HBO absolutely knows he's getting a whole season of of True Detective 2 yeah and that's something you had said to me privately David you know where because of Netflix and and this idea that you're going to pretty much binge watch this anyway at some point um, a lot of these shows are feeling like one giant movie just cut up into ten parts, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes where they cut it may not be the most appropriate. Like, you know, Logan was saying, this first hour could have been maybe 15 minutes of, a, of an opening movie, you know, where you establish these are the people and these are, you know, these are, and this is the journey we're going on. Whereas now we have this whole hour of establishing these characters, which, you know, felt a little bit, I'll be honest, felt a little drawn out. And we end with, we end that episode with the inciting incident of the series. Yeah, I mean, you make a great point. You know. That, I mean, you know, Law & Order does the inciting incident, the catalyst, in, in the first two minutes, right? Yeah. So, is the binge-watching Netflix era, are, are, are these writers just being lazy? Or is it an attempt to slow down the tempo, this hyper-tempo that we're used to, in an effort to lengthen our tension spans because i'm all for that you know for me i'm down i'm fine with the 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 slower tempo actually i had no problem with this pilot but in terms of people who are writing pilots and me as a screenwriter who's writing pilots and a teacher who's teaching people to write pilots this is not as dense as you want it to be you're not accomplishing what the networks traditionally want what what a spec pilot should be which is cracker jack all the way through because i'm all for i like this episode a prestige tv audience will like this episode but a broad audience won't be there and they'll barely make it to episode two or three right. <laughs> and some of them are wondering when mcconaughey's gonna show up <laughs> right right, right. Yeah. yeah i i anticipate a, a steep drop in viewership going into episode two uh, because a lot of people probably got recommended to watch it, maybe not even yeah, having seen, maybe. you know, season one. And if, right. yeah, if they're into it, they're into it. But a pilot like that for season two, I yeah, I'm not sure if they hooked a lot of people. I wonder what the numbers are on people who watched True Detective season two without watching the first season. Uh, because honestly, most people would never like jump into Breaking Bad season two. Uh, True. Without seeing the first season, but so it's, it's an anthology as well, like American Horror Story, where you can right. But jump. I, I right. you know, it's possible. You now that we know, I mean, I don't think I would. I've I've seen the first two seasons of American Horror Story. I wouldn't skip a season just because yeah. it's on. Yeah. Because right. actually, that show does a great job of homages and and references to the earlier seasons. Really eerie stuff, which is well, great. I, and doesn't it? I, I've never, I've never seen seen that show, but doesn't it keep its cast? It does, which is okay. a very old theater thing to do. It's very Shakespearean to use the actors again and again in different roles. Uh, some of them return as roles, but uh, that also that's yeah. not a broad audience can be fucking confused by that. But <laughs> that true. that has not stopped American Horror Story from being one of the most original shows on television. But at the very least, if you're if you're a casual viewer, you're going to be okay, I see the same actors there. Like here, you're not getting Woody Harrelson. You're not um, you're not getting Matthew McConaughey. Like this is a new story, new actors, new characters. Yeah. Um, and that's why I almost feel like you know, HBO doesn't need any marketing advice from me. Like they just have to put a show on and we'll have audience, you know, viewers. But- yes and no. They they fail they fail more often than they succeed. I mean, you you don't forget so so far the Carnival era, the John from yeah. Cincinnati, yeah. the Luck. Uh, uh, yeah. t- you All know, right, yeah. that's true. There's there's uh, uh, there's uh, Lucky Louie. Louie had a show on oh, HBO. That's right, that's okay? right. They fail often, and right. 
Yeah, and that Hello Ladies show, which I thought was good, but, but yeah, la- I mean, lasted a season. So, yes. Um, H- all right, I, H- I hear that. So, but I guess I guess just to finish my point real quick, so I, I, what I feel like in marketing what they could have done is with season one, right, instead of calling it season one, call it True Detective, the case of blah, blah, blah. True Detective, th- you know, L.A. Mm. crime story. You know, like that I way like you're that like... I like that naming convention. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that way you're like, oh, it's a new story under the True Detective banner. Of and like, that's very film noir. That's very yeah. that's very mystery writer uh, way to do it. Yeah. Because because, it, because yeah. Nick Pizzolatto's writing like, no, there will be no homages. There will be no references. Yeah, but your show's called the same show. <laughs> yeah, it's confusing. And, and not even that. I think HBO is calling it season two. Yeah, it's season <laughs> yeah. two of True Detective. And, you know, the, the, the opening is great. It looks a lot like the first season opening. Right, right, right. So I think he's still a little gun shy from, from that, um, from the plagiarism thing. Which, in the end, I, I think more of a big deal was made out of it than... Uh, was necessary. I think he did make some mistakes, but yeah. And uh, you know what, though, he's not the only person dealing with this thing right now. I, I know there's an ongoing case with with Gravity, the movie Gravity, and, mm-hmm. and the you know, oh, so right. it's like that shit's happening all the time. So I don't know how much of that's influencing him or how much you know. But I don't know, it's there's shit. a great so. article. Maybe I'll post this in the show <laughs> notes. Um, uh, called uh, by Malcolm Gladwell called something borrowed and. It's about a playwright who stole or supposedly plagiarized one of his earlier uh, articles into mm-hmm. a play she wrote, and he got very frust- angry with her when they found out about it. But then he got to know her because the playwright reached out to him, and over the course of a relationship, he, he realized that she had taken his writing and improved upon it, and it had oh. become a... A, a work unto itself that it it was a uh, like a disciple of the earlier work I know it was a great it's a great way to look at um, interpretive art um, and I think Pizzolatto if he'd just given in the same case in the Malcolm Gladwell situation with something barred if 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 he, the author had just given attribution it would have been fine. And because Pizzolatto definitely, I mean, I think he lifted some dialogue directly, which I mean, you think he would have known better. Though. You just like. can do, you can't do, but I don't want to re-prosecute this on season two. Cause he's, he's ahead of, you know, hopefully we're moved on from that. Right. Um, also, my man was trying to get a deal with HBO. You got to do what you got to do. Oh, <laughs> 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 I, I would, I, you know, yeah, it was worth plagiarism. It. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll murder a family member. What do you, what do you want? <laughs> yeah, I'll murder two. I mean, <laughs> I'll murder you, Jordan. Yes. Yeah, listen. I will beat. I'll, I'll murder your everyone on this podcast. Brass knuckles. For, yeah, <laughs> bringing the brass knuckles on this podcast. Did they introduce and complete an episode objective? Um, I guess there was a little bit of catharsis with uh, Ray punching the kid's dad out <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. Slight yeah. amount of. Justice yeah, there. but that, that was character no, establishment. Yeah. No, that, that wasn't really fulfilling a goal. In an original pilot, you need to introduce a season objective that will be completed at the end of the season, and then you need to introduce and complete an episode objective in the same episode, right? That's the yeah. double duty of a pilot. So, but Maybe just the very nature of them being together on this case... Or is that a huge fucking stretch? Because like it is a huge stretch. <laughs> yeah, I'm, 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 I'm you know, I'm, yeah, I think, I think just finding finding out what happened to Casper is a completes an episode objective, right? Everybody's looking for yeah. the city manager, right? Yeah, true. And that's gonna play into the bigger thing, although right, right. it's so subtle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Because they're not actually on the case. Our detectives are not actually on the case. And the only person that directly affects it seems like is um, Frank. Is Vince Vaughn's yeah. character because he actually has a deal that needs to be done with him. And what the hell's with the with this this city manager that the, the 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 Russian guy needs his opinion? Why is this guy so important uh, to check, a deal getting made? Said something about checks and balances and that checks and you know, balances. I didn't really in a, in a very get poor it. Russian accent. <laughs> checks and balances. That was good, David. Maybe you should be on that show. Well, I don't know. Introduce season objective. Did we get a season objective? Did we get a case that's got to be solved by the end of the season? Yes. I mean, 
Yeah. What happened yeah. to Casper? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Who done it? Well, that checks out. That's no problem. They got <laughs> that one done. Good job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> they're about they're about two for two for eight right yeah, now. Yeah. Seriously. Um, Fifty six <laughs> minutes late into the episode. <laughs> yeah. But again, if it's if it's deliberate, I'm fine. If it was just a stunt, if it was just Pizzolatto being like, I don't have to put a, a murder at the beginning of my film noir. Well, <laughs> you kind of do. I we love that last shot. We love introducing them, but they still could have put the murder up front. He could have given right. the murder to somebody else, or he, we could have watched the murder or something up front. The last thing on the checklist is the cliffhanger closing that kicks off the series that reveals there's more, much more drama to be explored. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we got that. Yeah. yeah, they did that really well with the, yeah. with the helicopter shot. That was gorgeous. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, was, that was the best shot in the entire freaking pilot. Like, yeah. that was beautiful. I, I love the idea of this guy sitting there with his, his eyes gouged out, and then we, yeah. we cut to our three detectives' eyes looking at each other over, kind of, you know, yeah. seeing what each of them are made of. Like, who is this guy? Who's this girl? Who's this yeah. guy? I will say I will say the death is pretty weak though. Like compared to like you know season one where you see this girl just like no, you're tied right. Up. There's a dead guy. There's a dead city manager sitting on a bench. Yeah, he's sitting on a bench. It looks like he's just chilling there. He also right, had so a no really eyes, comfortable but... ride over there. Like it certainly wasn't... did. Yeah. He had an Uber over there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like he's you know Uber to the gates of hell. Like it's uh, <laughs> it, it's it didn't, where, didn't seem where yeah. and where's that eagle? I want that mythology, man. That's what I yeah. missed most in the show is the mythology. I'm that yes. guy, you know. I mean, let, let, let's get it. We're gonna sum it up. So uh, okay. I'm actually gonna go first because I jumped into it. But yeah. you know, the thing I missed most was we've got no successor in season two to the Yellow King mythology. The scavenger hunter in me. And in audiences who like, you know, like a Da Vinci Code puzzle built into their detective stories, we're going to miss this. You know, I want more of that. I loved Colin Farrell's character. I think he is going to make the series. I hope the other, other characters start pulling their weight more. I love the visual nature of this show. I love how slow the scenes are. Not slow, slow is the wrong word. I love how deliberate they are because it's dramatic, it works, we learn about our characters more. That's what I love about True Detective in general. Um, I wouldn't mind a little more procedural, like cop stuff, because the pilot was empty with it, but that's it. I mean, um, I, I, I'm, I'm excited for the next episode. I can't wait to see it. Yeah. Um, I think it's only going to expand and I have faith in Pizzolatto and the team that it's going to expand um, the thing is that you know we're just a little jolted by the slow opening of this flower but I think at mm-hmm. the end it will be a beautiful black flower at the end <laughs> I cannot wait for the next episode I can't wait to see the rest of this uh, season see where where it goes um, yeah I felt that the pilot was definitely slower and 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 less uh, less exciting than uh, the first the pilot for the first uh, series. Um, I think the I, the fact that they left the murder for the last few minutes of this episode uh, didn't do it any favors. Um, I think the fact that we're spent a majority of this uh, episode learning about these characters um, without that tension of a murder uh, hanging over it. I think that the reason why other people may have felt that it was boring, I could analyze their feelings, um, <laughs> is, is because you know it's a lot of character development, and 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 there is and there is nothing there is nothing hanging over it. However, when you say other people, please say who you mean. Say the internet, so that um, we know <laughs> inherently critics critics on the internet, the Twitter sphere, the Twitter sphere. <laughs> um, because I don't really have any friends, so it's everybody on Twitter. Instagram uh, critics. Yeah. The, right. the meme critics. The Instagram critics. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so, but uh, having said that, when the when the episode finishes, it, it gives, it, it was a shot in the arm. It basically, it, it sets up what this uh, season is going, where it's going to go, and I like it. I'm on board. Uh, I know a little bit about these characters. I like the fact that we have this this group of fuck-ups like trying to solve this this mystery, which is uh, kind of hilarious to me. But 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 I like that. 
Um, and I'm excited to see where it goes. It was definitely not uh, the, the most exciting episode, but I generally liked it, and I'm really excited to see uh, the rest of it. Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I think just as a fan of the show in general, going into the next episode, you can't help but just n- kind of expect they're going to take it in you know, the direction you, you were waiting to go. It, it just took them a while in that first episode because they're focused so much on building each of these characters' backstories so I think they kind of took that out of where it would have been in maybe the next couple episodes and just put that all at the beginning. That might have something to do with the fact that they're all high-profile actors and they all kind of split screen time. Not really sure. Oh, um, are you thinking that because the high-profile actor thing... Like, they're all getting paid a certain amount. They're all expecting a certain amount of screen time. It oh, could I be thought, a oh, little okay, bit that's political. One way you were going. I was thinking maybe they're going to be filming separately. Because oh, they all actually. have different movie deals. I thought that's what you meant. And they, oh, no. that they, they will end up on their own. I was just I was just worried there might be sacrificing a little bit of the just purely telling a story in service of giving certain characters screen time. But we'll see if that's the case later in the in the in the series. I felt like that was the case for the pilot at least. They all got their time. We we learned about them. I really like the characters though. I think they're really interesting. I'm I'm excited to see where they go and where this kind of albeit kind of a meager mystery. We'll see where, where they take it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Logan. Thank you, David. Thanks, David. This is The Script. The Script is produced by myself and Jordan Rosengarden. I'm David Negrin. You can email us, fan mail us, hate mail us, comments, questions, or proclamations to scriptfeed at gmail.com. Join our Facebook page, our Google Plus page, by searching for NYC Screenwriters Collective. You can follow us on Twitter at ScriptFeed. If you live in New York City, sign up for one of our screenwriting workshops, TV writing or feature writing, at meetup.com under NYC Screenwriters Collective.